Hey everyone, you are listening to Siddharth Shah. On this podcast, I talk to you about success, mind power, personal and professional development and growth, and a lot more things to help you tap your infinite potential. The episode begins. Chapter 10. You were born rich. The vacuum law of prosperity. Giving. To get he had tried, yet his store was still meager. To a wise man he cried, in a voice keen and eager, Pray tell me how I may successfully live. And the wise man replied, To get you must give. As to giving, he said, What have I to give? I have scarce enough bread and of course one must live. But I would partake of life's bountiful store. Came the wise man's response, Then you must give more. The lesson he learned, To get was forgotten. Toward mankind he turned, with a love new begotten, as he gave of himself in useful living. Then joy crowned his days, for he grew rich in giving. Arthur William Beer The Vacuum Law of Prosperity Dedicated to Aunt Mark Nature absolutely abhors a vacuum. Mark made it happen. I must dedicate this chapter to my Aunt Mark in appreciation of her childlike faith in and her profound understanding of this most magnificent law which governs one's prosperity. Even today, it is very seldom that I visit her without her expressing her heartful gratitude to me for having taught her this great truth about the vacuum law of prosperity. As a consequence of her acquiring that knowledge, Mark and her entire family enjoy many of the comforts of life which they had previously been unable to experience. Moreover, the simple truth is they would still not be enjoying these finer things in life if it were not for the fact that she gained her new awareness. Although Mark happens to be my aunt, she is only a few years older than I am and we had been very good friends since her childhood days. I love Mark and her entire family very deeply. Therefore, it should come as no surprise that I have derived a great degree of satisfaction from sharing the ideas contained in this chapter with Mark and her family over many years. It has been a particular joy for me to have had the opportunity of witnessing them apply this new knowledge in such a way that today they are living their lives in an entirely new way. Mark's first introduction to this dynamic law dates back approximately 10 years to a time when she and her family were attending a series of seminars which I was then conducting on the subject of prosperity. Soon after the seminars had been completed, I visited Mark at her home. She, her husband Don and I were discussing many ideas, all of which had to do with the subject of prosperity. At some point, during the course of our discussion, the issue of their home was raised. Mark looked at her living room, became visibly upset and angrily proclaimed that she was sick and tired of living the way they had been living. She then pointed to the curtains in her living room and said, You know something? I absolutely detest those old rapes. I smiled at her and replied, No, you don't, Mark. You love them. Otherwise, you wouldn't have kept them so close to you. I continued, For the only things we have in our life are those things that we love or are in harmony with. Mark told me that she had a difficult time accepting the idea that she would actually be in love with something she found so utterly displeasing. By this point, Dawn was thoroughly convinced that we had both gone off our rockers. Mark for even attempting to understand what I had been explaining and me for actually believing it. Nevertheless, I continued with my explanation and I informed them that if a person remains continually in close proximity with something, be it another person or an object, it can only be because the person is in harmonious vibration with them or it. 
The reason I could say this, I explained, was that love is just another word for resonance or harmonious vibration. I told them, finally, that what I had just stated was the law of the universe. Whether or not they fully understood it or even believed it made absolutely no difference whatsoever. I explained to Mark that if it was true, she really did detest the rapes as she claimed she did, she would already have taken them down, had them cleaned and given them away to the crippled civilians, the Salvation Army, St. Vincent de Paul or some charity that would have been able to put them to good use. Don looked at me in a state of bewilderment. Then he firmly asserted that she is not taking those rapes down because we have nothing to replace them with nor can we afford to purchase a replacement. I can remember saying to him in reply, Don, please understand, you will never hang new drapes or new curtains until you have first made a space for them. Indeed, I continued, the real secret behind the vacuum law of prosperity lies in the fact that by giving the old drapes away, you would automatically have been making room for the new. In other words, you can't get something until you are first willing to give something away. Bear in mind, however, that giving means letting go of completely or totally abandoning to another. Clearly, this is an extremely difficult concept for a person who is solely attached to the material world to even comprehend, let alone practice. We discussed the information summarized above for a while longer and then Marg moved herself into action. She began by taking down the living room drapes which she had looked at in anger for so many years. By doing this, she was immediately ridding herself of the source of so many years of frustration. For every time she looked at it or even thought about, a very negative image would instantly flash across the screen of her mind. She would then move herself into a negative vibration and thereby begin to attract more of what she did not want into her life. As she started removing the drapes from their hooks, Dawn came very near to exploding in a fit of rage. Nevertheless, Marg would not back down even in the face of this tremendous opposition and she continued to act on the idea which I had planted in her mind. Dawn's response at this point was to say, Well, I guess we are going to have to buy some new ones now, whether I like it or not. I then explained to them that they should not worry about how they would obtain the new drapes at this juncture. The important thing was that they would soon have what they needed. The reason this was so, I explained, is not really all that difficult to comprehend. Reduced to its most simple level, we can say that people will soon become tired of living their lives in a fishbowl. For a little while, Don and Mark lived without any drapes hanging on their window. But then one day, I visited their home and sure enough, Mark had the drapes which she wanted and she had them right where she wanted them. Little by little, the awareness of this great truth had begun to creep into her consciousness. It wasn't long after this that there was no furniture left in the living room. Mark had been tired of living with it after so many years, so she simply gave it away. By doing so, she automatically created the space she required for the goods which she had desired. Soon their entire home had been completely refurnished and redecorated and now she has it just the way she wants it. A few days ago, my wife and I were visiting Dawn and Mark in their home and as we were driving away, Linda said to me, their home really looks nice, doesn't it? I couldn't help but smile knowing the background and having been an integral part of the many battles which had taken place each time something else had been given away. The last time I spoke to Mark on the telephone, she said, isn't it incredible? What a tremendous difference a little bit of knowledge can make in your life. You only have to learn a little bit to receive so much. That statement is also true. For a little bit of awareness does make a tremendous difference in results. Therefore, ask yourself, what do you have lying around you that you really don't like? Then ask yourself, why don't you just package it up, give it away and make space for the good that you really do desire? Remember, this law which I have been discussing applies to every aspect of your life.
on numerous occasions during the course of my seminars, I have discussed this law. I have explained to audiences that although almost everyone likes to have new clothes, most people have no room in their closets for hanging any new clothes. In fact, when you hang something in your closet, you probably have to push other clothes aside just to fit another hanger on the bar. The irony is, however, that many of the clothes that are hanging in your closet, you probably don't even wear. In saying this, I am well aware that some of your clothes may have been expensive, so you are rather reluctant to dispose of them. However, you know as well as I do, some of the clothes which you have been hanging in your closet are hanging there simply because they don't feel comfortable to you when you do put them on. There is something about them you do not like. Therefore, I would strongly suggest simply give them away. By doing this, you will automatically be making room for the new clothes which are inevitably going to follow. Set the following project for yourself and then carry it out right now. Check your own clothes closet very carefully as if with a fine toothed comb and then remove all of the clothes you no longer wear. Once you have done this, simply give them away. By doing this, you will thereby create a vacuum or void. Moreover, since nature abhors a vacuum, it will only be a relatively short period of time before your closet is once again full of clothes. Only this time, however, it will be full of the clothes that you really do want to wear. The process which I have been alluding to is a never-ending one. Therefore, it is something which you should plan to practice all the days of your life. In other words, you must continue to be making space for the good which you desire. Keep this information constantly in the forefront of your mind. For the crucial element in this vacuum law of prosperity is that you must let go of the old before you will ever make room for the new. Another word of caution. Never sell the articles which you no longer want. Just give them away. I realize this advice might run contrary to the way in which you have been conditioned to live your life. But you must understand that in giving, you will also be receiving. On the other hand, if you sell the articles, the money which you receive for them will be all that you will get in the bargain. This may sound like a rather peculiar approach to take, but it is nonetheless the proper one. Please understand, you can never give too much of anything. Nevertheless, when you do give, fully expect to receive something in return. Very rarely will you receive from that source to which you gave, but receive you must just as surely as rain must fall when two clouds collide. Therefore, gaining a good grounding in this universal law will be of great personal benefit to you. Remember also that you are not working with specific individuals or with specific things. Rather, you are dealing with an infinite power which operates in a very exact way. As a consequence, whenever we wish to receive anything new into our life, we must trigger the process by making room for it. This law applies not only to our physical world, but also to our mental domain. So understand that whenever we wish to entertain new ideas, we must first be willing to let go of or to challenge some of our old ones. Unfortunately, there is a very large segment of the population which has an exceedingly difficult time achieving this end. Because of this, these troubled individuals often entertain opposing and contradictory ideas at one and the same time. They live their entire lives in a state of oscillation, thinking, do it, don't do it, do it, don't do it, etc. This mental state is commonly referred to as indecision and it leads to considerable mental anguish and confusion. Be aware that indecision or confusion can be one of the greatest if not the greatest cause of people being held back from accomplishing great things in their lives. Why we hold on to the old? Why is it that we hold on so strongly to old ideas or to old things? I have no doubt that you will agree. This is an intriguing question. In fact, it is so intriguing that if you were to ask a thousand different people this same question, you would probably obtain enough answers to fill a book. 
Unfortunately, however, almost all the answers which you would receive would be dealing with the secondary causes and not the primary one of this horrendous problem. But if you were to go directly to the primary cause of the problem, you would soon discover that although it lies deep within each individual, it is virtually the same for everyone. Let me not hold you in suspense any longer. The answer to the question would be as follows. We hold on to the old ideas and old things because we lack faith in our ability to obtain new ideas and new things. This of course leads to a condition of insecurity which stems at its root from an inability to understand who and what you are and a lack of awareness of your true relationship with the infinite power will always leave you with a distorted image of yourself. Therefore, you must reach the point where you realize that your true self knows no limits, that in truth, you are quite capable of having, doing or being virtually anything you desire to be. But when individuals fail to appreciate this basic truth, when they are honestly convinced that their supply is limited and that their real security lies in money or things, they will be afraid to try anything new. Indeed, it takes no great wisdom to understand that they will want to hold on to what they already have and then they will try to accumulate even more of the same. If you so desire, you must put this vacuum law of prosperity to a very simple and practical test yourself. Just take an ordinary cup and set it on a table or on your desk and ask yourself whether you are able to put anything else where that cup rests. The answer of course is that you cannot, at least not until you remove the cup. The same principle holds true with respect to a piece of furniture. Therefore, as long as your sofa sits where it is presently sitting, you cannot put a new sofa in its place. Similarly, as long as your clothes hang where they are hanging, you cannot put new clothes in their place. The identical principle is also applicable in the realms of ideas. For example, if you have one idea in your mind suggesting you should be traveling east and then all of a sudden another idea pops into your mind suggesting you should be traveling west, it goes without saying that you will be placed in a serious bind. For there is absolutely no way that you can travel in both directions simultaneously. Clearly, it is absolutely essential that you let go of the one idea before you can move yourself into action on the other. The reason for this as we have already stated is that nature truly abhors a vacuum. Therefore, if you sincerely desire to receive something which is new, you must first make room for it by ridding yourself of that which is old. This is an ironclad law of life and yet you might encounter one person in a thousand who truly understands it. Nevertheless, when you do encounter that one person in a thousand, you will see before you someone who not only lives in extreme comfort today, but someone who is also moving ahead in life each day and at a fairly rapid rate of speed. So, put the law to the test in your own life. Use the ideas contained in the various chapters of this book and you will find that the law works every time. It never fails. Remove the kings from your mind. God never expresses himself other than perfectly. Therefore, whatever imperfection does exist, it is always the result of our individual or collective modes of thinking. Since this is true, it is not necessary that you hold on to anything for fear of losing it. In fact, the truth is, you will never truly enjoy anything you must hold on to because freedom in all negative areas of your life is absolutely essential if you are to grow into the truly great human being who you are quite capable of one day becoming. Stated slightly differently, we can say that energy must flow through you freely without any obstructions if you are to achieve the good which you desire. At this point, you may be asking, what are these obstructions that I have been referring to? Let me list some of them. They include doubt, guilt, resentment and any thoughts of lack or limitation. They include any negative ideas which have a tendency to block the flow of creative energy to and through you. 
For example, you might very well be attempting to get a beautiful image in your mind which would cause you to feel wonderful and yet because of these inhibitors as they are sometimes called, you end up with nothing but frustration. Your problem, whether you realize it or not, is that you haven't created the space for the beautiful image which you are trying to create. Therefore, you must resolve yourself to let go of all these obstructions to enable you to make a space for the good you desire. You should visualize your body as being an instrument through which a non-physical creative energy flows. You should liken it to an ordinary garden hose which you may be using to water the garden at the back of your home. Suppose for a moment that you decide to water the flower bed in the front of your home. In order to accomplish this, you must drag the hose to the front of the house. But while you are dragging it, suppose that you form a loop in the hose and as you pull on it, unbeknownst to it, it kinks. Although there is an abundance of water at the source, the water will just be trickling out of the hose a drop at a time onto the flower bed. The reason for this is that the kink is obstructing the flow of the water which could, if it were allowed to flow freely, actually breathe new life into the plants. In a similar manner, these negative concepts which you hold in your mind are obstructing the flow of energy which could, if it were given a chance to, breathe new life into you and into your results in life. In the case of the garden hose, you would immediately investigate to find the cause of the interrupted flow of water. Once you find the kink, you would then proceed to remove it so the water could resume flowing freely in a steady stream. Now, be aware of this. The process that I have described for the garden hose is exactly the same process that you must undertake yourself with respect to your marvelous mind. That is to say, you must let go of all the obstructions that are hampering you, release the mental kinks and you will immediately find that there is no lack of creative energy at the source. In truth, there never has been any and there never will be any. The mental kinks which you have carelessly and very likely unconsciously built are actually limiting the flow of life-giving power which ultimately transforms your results in life. Each chapter in this book highlighted various concepts which you must begin to use if you are to enjoy the benefits that may be derived by simply permitting this power to flow freely through you. You have now read the entire book. I would like to suggest that you go back to the beginning of the book to compare the results of you are presently obtaining in your life with the results you could obtain were you to make proper use of each idea. Study each chapter very seriously but in a relaxed state and keep acting on each idea until it becomes a fixed part of your personality structure. Remember, regardless of how the results of your life may presently appear to you, you have truly been born rich. God's gift to you is more talent and ability than you will ever use in one lifetime. Your gift to God is to develop and utilize as much of the talent and ability as you can in this lifetime. Steve Bo, The Beginning Thank you. One and only you. Every single blade of grass and every flake of snow is just a wee bit different. There is no two alike you know. From something small like grains of sand to each gigantic star, all were made with this in mind to be just what they are. How foolish then to imitate, how useless to pretend, since each of us comes from a mind whose ideas never end. There's only be just one of me to show what I can do and you should likewise feel very proud. There's only one of you. That is where it all starts. With you, a wonderful, unlimited human being. James T. Moore Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode. To be notified of upcoming episodes, be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast on this app right now. Also, don't forget to rate and review. Thank you.